I'm Jessica, and this is Homecoming, finding yourself in life's little moments. Hi, dear listener. So I'm standing overlooking the ocean, the vast Pacific. There's a lone boat, a light out there, floating on the horizon. It's dusk. It's a little unusual. I usually don't make my podcasts at this time here, but it's dusk, and it's been a gray, cloudy day, a bit of rain here and there, and right now the sky is blanketed in clouds, and they're just these floating dark gray, white masses hovering over the ocean from here to as far as I can see. So this podcast is going to be a tribute. As you may surmise if you've, and understand if you've listened to my podcast, particularly of late, particularly in the last few months, particularly since May, when I described the circumstances amidst which I left my marriage. You'll know that life hasn't been that easy. And yet here I am, standing on the edge of the Pacific, a long way from where I lived before, having started a new life exactly to the day two years ago, having landed on these shores with 100 pounds of luggage, no friends or family to speak of, actually. I had a long-standing connection to Australia, but I really came solo <laughs> uh, to start a new life, to begin anew, to begin afresh, to leave behind so much of what had sought to undo me, frankly. To uh, I don't think it's probably too strong a word to say to destroy me. That is unfortunately the case in certain circumstances with people when they're seemingly hell-bent on undermining another person and unfortunately that's what happened to me and it wasn't just one person it was more than one person so I can tell you that life was enormously difficult interestingly I, I just went to see A dentist, I'm trying to find a good dentist here. You know, a dentist, a good dentist is like a good doctor, like a good car mechanic, like, you know, these are the key people in life. And when you find somebody who you can really trust, who you feel you see eye to eye with, you can just, you know that you're on the same page, you know you feel that everything that they say makes sense, you know, that's a good situation. So I'm endeavoring to, to find that person. And I did go to see somebody today, and I explained, you know, that the reason that I don't have one of my major teeth <laughs> is because not that long ago I was in such stress that um, I was literally grinding my teeth down. And when I'd wake up in the morning, having tried to make it through a night of sheer panic, anxiety, uncertainty, really not knowing what was going to happen next. When I was really in the midst of it, I cracked a molar under that stress and it eventually had to be extracted. And so all these things were what I explained to this new dentist today, but it brought me back to the situation, you know, that I was in 
for a period of really, I'm going to say three and a half years. Um, I left my marriage three and a half years ago, and here I am now standing overlooking the ocean. Really, dear listener, a free woman. I declare that to the sky. I declare that to the sea. I declare that to the waves that are crashing below and the rocks that are at my feet and this beautiful place. I'm standing near a cliff that is apparently connected in its energetic uh, essence to the center of this continent. There are such things as ley lines and energetic lines, lines of connection in the deep substratum, substrata of, of, of the earth, you know. So here I am on this magnificent continent. But I have to tell you, dear listener, that it was by the grace of God and my own unbelievable perseverance that I made it. And not only that, the grace of God manifested itself as several people who came into my life fortuitously uh, at the time when I was beginning to realize that I was in quite a situation, realizing that I had to extract myself, I had to get out, I had to try and stay claim to my own life, not knowing how I was going to do it. And as I started to do that, things only got worse. Things got worse before they got better. You know, they talk about when you clean your house, if you really do a good job, things get a lot sort of more disheveled and disorganized and chaotic before they get more clear, clean, organized, and all of that. So God blessed me with a handful of people who came into my life um, and you all know who you are, <laughs> so there is no doubt it was a small handful. It was probably, could count the number of people on one hand, maybe one and a half hands, maybe two hands, but definitely not more. There were a few people who've really been key in my survival. I'm just going to say it straight out, in my survival. This podcast is in tribute and dedication to one of them. And he is a extraordinary human being. Now, when I was leaving my marriage, he kind of magically, sort of fortuitously, as I was saying before, appeared on my couch. Um, he was somebody that I knew from, from before. And this isn't person I've been speaking about in, in past, uh, by the way, just in past podcasts. He happened to arrive into my life. Uh, really in a catalytic way at the time when I was leaving my marriage. And I remember, you know, several pretty pivotal moments around that time um, because I began to feel that I could trust myself to somebody. And this wasn't a person who was a love interest. I wasn't leaving my marriage for another man, you know, so to speak. I mean, that isn't what this was at all. This was simply somebody who I'd known, who came in, who sort of observed to me several things and began to just be willing to talk, you know? I mean, it's amazing, dear listener, that when a human being is given the opportunity just to simply speak out their experience, things start to unfold of their own accord, and that is what happened. So before long, I began to realize that I was in quite a situation and things only got worse. And one day I walked out the door knowing that uh, I couldn't, I couldn't stay. I couldn't stay. I couldn't do it. I couldn't, I knew I just couldn't do it. I, I was, I was scared. I didn't know what was going to happen, but I, I had to go. And, and that's what I did. 
and at that point, you know, there were many blessings that came upon me, places and people who, who started to emerge to, you know, help support me in my transition. But this person, whose name is Daniel Piatek, was key. He was key. And I would call Daniel so often that I can't even begin to count how many times that in the last three years that I've spoken with him. I mean countless times. Now, this is a person who offers their assistance, who offered their assistance and continues to offer his assistance to me in the most generous way possible. So what does that communicate, okay? On a human level, what does that kind of generosity communicate? It communicates at the very most essential level it communicates love. It communicates a belief in who I am. It, it, it communicates care. Okay, all the things that we human beings so desperately seek, that's what that kind of thing communicates. And I began to realize that I could really trust him. I could really trust him and I could say whatever was going on. You know, I could call him at all hours he was like my personal hotline <laughs> to sanity. He saved my life. Dear listener, it is no exaggeration. He saved my life, okay, because I was in a mess. I was in a state. I was, I was in such an awful set of circumstances that I really had no idea how I was going to survive, okay? I ended up going into court twice in two different states within a two-week period for the purpose of extracting myself from, from, from situations that I knew were going to undo me. They were going to undo me. And I prevailed in both. But you know, along the way, and even after that, I really didn't, I really didn't know <laughs> if things were ultimately going to work out. I really didn't know. And there were so many twists and turns. And I would call Daniel, you know, and I would say, Good God, you know, what do I do? I have no idea. You know, this is my circumstance right now. Can I talk to you about this? I don't know what to do. These were, I was genuinely perplexed, stymied, frightened, anxiety ridden, you name it. And it was all going on ongoingly. And Daniel would always be there. And one of his enormous gifts, okay, and I mean enormous, is that he's highly intuitive. He is a gifted, intuitive person, all right? And he would start to read the situation intuitively, which he does in different ways, and he would offer his sense of things. I have to tell you, dear listener, he was never wrong. <laughs> he was never wrong. Out of all those times, I would almost, I would say 95% of the time, right, and, and it could have even been, you know, more than that. I would follow his, his guidance. I would follow his um, suggestion. I would follow what came to him. I would check it out in myself, you know. I would go, okay, let me think about this. Let me feel this, feel into this. Does this feel right? And, and then I would act upon it, right? I have to say that almost in every, in almost every circumstance, in, from almost every conversation, whatever the suggestion was, Almost every time I followed that suggestion and, and you know, it, it would turn out to be the right thing. So that's quite a gift. I mean, it's as if God was giving me some huge assistance 
in this pinball of, you know, this pinball machine of life that I was suddenly being propelled into. And you know what a pinball machine does? You know, you're like, you're propelled by spring mechanism, right, into this thing, and you are bouncing, you know, against all those little bumpers, right? And you don't know, you're trying to just do the best you can, you're trying to make your way, you're trying to get out alive. And that kind of guidance, right, when a friend can offer that kind of guidance, when a friend can just be also just a listening ear, then you have a much better chance of making it through. And I can stand here overlooking the ocean and say that to you, that it worked, it worked, it worked, it worked. I'll always remember there was one moment, I'll tell you, um, in May 20. 17 and I hadn't yet arrived to Australia I hadn't yet been through my divorce things were so bad they had gotten so bad they had reached a pitch in terms of what the 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 attacks on me that were happening were unbelievable and they had reached a point where I literally thought I wasn't going to I wasn't going to make it emotionally psychologically you know, I, I was, I, I, I woke up one morning, I was in Western Massachusetts, and I began to panic to such an extent I felt like I was looking down a long, dark chute, and I couldn't see the bottom. It was like I was looking into the abyss, and I couldn't see the end of it, and I felt like I was falling. And I'd never had that experience before, dear listener. It was because what was being done to me was so horrendous. And I was losing it. Now, as a footnote to that, I have to say that one of the things that I did during that period of time was I was playing piano and singing to people who were in a psychiatric residence. And I would go in once a week and play for these people. And that was one of the most heartbreaking, poignant touching, loving circumstances I could ever hope for. But I felt after that moment, on that May morning, that I knew how so many of them may have ended up there. You see, it's so often for no fault of one's own, it's because of the circumstances one's amidst, you see. So that morning in May, I thought I was... I was losing it, you know, I thought I was, I couldn't see my way out, and all I could see was just a deep, dark hole that I was falling into. And I called Daniel, and I said, Daniel, I think I'm losing it, I think I'm losing it. And he had, he took the call in his car, he was driving down to New York City, on the Taconic Highway. Some of you may know that highway if you are from that area. And, you know, by the grace of God, the signal didn't drop because anybody who's driven on the Taconic and tried to stay on a cell phone knows that the signal's, you know, really spotty. It's, 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 it's dodgy. There's no question about it on that particular stretch of highway. But the signal didn't drop. It didn't drop, and we were on the phone a long time. And he said to me, he said, you're not going crazy. You're not going crazy. You're not crazy, and you're not going crazy. He said, but these are the things that you're, you're going to need to do to save yourself right now. And they were very practical suggestions, and they were really right. He said, because if you don't do them, if, if, if you don't really 
you know, start to act in this, you know, take these particular steps, then it really is going to be, it's going to be very bad for you. And based upon that, I took those steps and I, sure enough, it was, it was right, it was right, it was right, it was right. It started to move me out of some of the worst hell that I had ever experienced. And these were very practical, very practical steps I had to do. But he saw it and so, with such a kind of clarity that it enabled me to simply start to make one step in front of the other and act for the betterment of myself, for the sake of my own well-being, for the sake ultimately of my own survival. So that was a moment. That was a moment. And then after that, there were many, many, many more. I didn't ever descend to that depth. Okay, psychologically, thank God. And I pray that continues because I wouldn't wish that on anyone. But uh, from that point onward, things began to start to move very, sometimes imperceptibly, imperceptibly forward but one little step after another you know like I pray often to Mary on tire of knots and she's a beautiful beautiful presence in my life she is the center of a lot of my prayer and I pray I prayed for her on I pray for her on the behalf of other people too you know because she's very powerful <laughs> prayer can be very powerful dear listener and I pray to Mary as my beloved Flora, who raised me, you know, from the time when I was young, was my nanny. She prayed to Mary all the time, and I prayed, and I started to pray. And like Mary, untie of knots slowly, 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 those knots became untied. But I have to tell you that there was still so much, there was still so much that needed to be undone, and Daniel was absolutely instrumental in my moving forward in my beginning to address my situation, to untie those knots, to work on behalf of myself and my sanity in my life. And I have to say, dear listener, that if anyone has been in this kind of situation or is in this kind of situation, my heart goes out to you. You know, it just goes out to you. It's really, human beings can do awful things, and there's a lot of suffering in this world. And I think maybe it's starting to become more common knowledge. But I have to tell you that uh, without the help of Daniel Pytek, whose gift is his care, his trustworthiness. See, it's a huge thing. I felt like I could always trust him. That's such a huge thing. No ulterior motives. You know, there was no romantic involvement, nothing. This person was there simply to be supportive of me in the most incredible way. And at so many points, we would end our call, right? We would end these incredible, you know, this ongoing series of calls, these ongoing calls that, that I was making to him. He would, he would end by saying, don't worry, Jess, you're doing great. You're doing great. Don't worry. You're doing great. And then I could keep going. You know, just those words, you're doing great. Sometimes a human being only needs to just hear that. You're doing great. You're doing the best you can, but you're doing great. Keep going. You're doing great. You're doing great. You're doing great. You see, that sets out the path before you so that you can keep walking. You feel like you're not losing touch with yourself. You're doing great. That's a huge, incredible gift that somebody can say 
to another person, you're doing great. So Daniel would always say that, you're doing great, you're doing great, you're doing great. So these are part of, you know, and, and then his just extraordinary intuitive gifts, you know, that's what he does for a living, is he offers his, his intuitive gifts to people, and, uh, you know, that's what he does for a living, is he's an intuitive coach, an intuitive healer, and so on and so forth, and he's really good. So we were talking the other night, you know, and I said to Daniel, I said, you know, it's interesting because I just feel that in my own life I've been so adverse to systems, systems of healing, you know, systems of this, systems of whatever, you know, and I sh- shared with him this really funny memory of when I was really young and I, my mom put me in some kind of little dance class, you know, and there was like this whole series of choreographic moves, you know, that we were supposed to make. I couldn't do it. I was in second grade, maybe third grade. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do that set series of moves. I could not do it. So <laughs> there came to be like a performance, and and I just, um, I kind of, I, 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 I literally couldn't do the chore. I, I started to just do my own thing, you know. I just started to do my own thing. There in the middle of all these girls who were doing, you know, all the steps that they were supposed to do, I couldn't do it. And I said to Daniel, you know, the thing that has worked for me about our connection, about what you have offered me, the thing that has worked for me is the fact that you're not working out of a system. You're working out of love, you're working out of care, and you're working out of your great intuitive gifts and all those things. And your undying generosity, I mean, the generosity is unbelievable, you know, I mean, really unbelievable. You know, this is, God has has given me something. I mean, Daniel came into my life at the moment when I really needed somebody to help me. <laughs> and listen, it's, 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 it's humble to say that, right? But it's, it's realistic to say that we can't do these things by ourselves, you know? We need each other. You know, we need each other. People need each other each other you know a person needs another person and a person needs another you know other people in order to navigate life that's just the way it is you know we're not born into these sort of solipsistic you know these these hermetic these isolated you know conditions it, it makes people even kind of crazier than, <laughs> than we might otherwise be given the you know vicissitudes and challenges of life I mean it just it's just the way it is and Daniel came in and he's just you know, he saved me. So here I am, dear listener. I am overlooking the Pacific. The waves are crashing below me. And I said to him the other night, I said, you know, Daniel, you don't offer systems. What you're like is it's like you're training wheels for a person, right? You're like there holding them steady as they try and move forward, you know, on that little bicycle, right? Trying to move forward. You're like the training wheels that are there steadying them, you know, so that they find their way and they head down that great path of life, you know, finally in touch with themselves, who they really are, and life, who, what life really is. And I said, what an unbelievable gift that is. What an unbelievable <laughs> effing gift that is. I'm just going to say it. I don't like using bad language. I would really use really, really, really strong language because it's so powerful to think about it, right? But I mean, this, this, this is really the way it is. Like I just said, oh my God, you're like the tree. You were like training wheels. You kept me steady, you know, when I could have gone way off into the gutters, you know, way off down the hills, you know, way off losing myself down God knows how many twists and turns and awful possible scenarios, you know, he kept me kind of straight, 
in my conversations with him. And I was a good, you know, I was a good student. Like I just, I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to follow your instruction, you know, because it's the sense of it was it was right, you know. So we were working on par with each other. It was a beautiful, it's a beautiful duet. That's what duets about, you know. It's like two people, right? But like more than the sum of the parts. But I couldn't have done this without him, you know. And that's the God's honest truth of it. So this podcast is a tribute to Daniel Pytek and uh, an expression of my eternal gratitude to him for saving my life. Because now I can talk about it here on the banks of the Pacific, where I've arrived, finally, you know, finally finding my own existence, finally finding it, finally being myself, finally now finally finding myself as I sail down into the beautiful avenues of life now and forevermore. So, dear listener, God bless you. Daniel, thank you so much. I can't say thanks enough. Thank you. All right. God bless you. Thanks for listening, everybody, and take good care of yourselves. We need each other. We really do. We really do. God bless you. Take care. Bye for now. Bye.